Good morning from Fast Company. Here's our daily look into what's driving today's creative business leaders. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off. U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning from Fast Company. Here's our daily look into what's driving today's creative business leaders. Despite a widespread return to the office, 52% of women prefer to work from home, with higher percentages for women of color. The unifying reason is that working from home reduces the time, money, and stress women spend needing to look and perform the narrow image of a professional defined by our society. This is in addition to other benefits of working from home, such as offering more flexibility for childcare. Working from home has provided a brief respite for women as the screen may be turned off, or at minimum provides a barrier and a more distant physical representation of the individual. Leaders should re-examine the historical double standards that women have faced and still face regarding their appearance and what they wear. Recognizing and acknowledging the stubborn persistence of this problem is the only way we can start to change it. Productivity versus professionalism Even powerful women are not spared these double standards, sartorial or otherwise, as evidenced recently when the Prime Minister of Finland, Sanna Marin, was viciously criticized when a video of her dancing with friends was leaked. Leading the uproar was a male Finnish sportscaster, Alexi Valavori, tweeting, Please take your leather jacket and resign. The leather jacket was a reference to the outfit she wore attending a rock festival. How scandalous. But whether it's a leather jacket or a blazer with a deep neckline, Marine consistently gets judged more for what she wears rather than her leadership and performance during the pandemic or her role in Finland joining NATO. Women all over the world relate to this double standard of Marine and are offering support on social media with the hashtag Solidarity with Sauna. But politics isn't the only industry where women are policed for what they wear and choose to do in their personal time. In the media, the female co-anchor for the Today Show in Australia was shamed after wearing the same blouse four months apart while her male counterpart, as a gesture of support, wore the exact same suit for an entire year and not a single person commented or even noticed. 
In fact, we see the opposite of shaming in the tech world, where men who wear the same outfit every day, such as Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, or even former President Obama, are praised as carving out a distinct personal brand and image. They are lauded for not wasting brain power on something as trivial as thinking about what to wear. Presentation versus promotability. Women are not criticized just for what they wear, either. They are also judged for how they look and appear overall. Consider the beauty tax, for example. Traditionally, being a woman in the workplace has meant being expected to look feminine, and that means wearing makeup. This comes as no small cost in terms of both time and money, as women in the U.S. spend an average of 45 minutes grooming, from styling their hair to applying makeup each day, and they constitute 80% to 90% of the $115 billion beauty industry. When women fail to live up to American feminine beauty standards, there are measurable consequences for their careers. A Cornell University study found, for example, that when the average white woman gains 64 pounds, her wages drop by 9%. If women's clothing and beauty standards were clear-cut, conforming to them would be a straightforward affair. Unfortunately, this is not the case. Women also have to be cautious not to look too attractive for fear of being penalized for that, too. In one study, attractive businesswomen were judged as being less truthful and more deserving of termination. In another study, women who dressed in a sexy manner were also perceived as less trustworthy as well as less competent. In other words, women are darned if they do and darned if they don't. Women can't win. Is it any wonder they want to work from home? New Policies versus Old Pervasive Bias While working from home did not eliminate double standards, what it did do was possibly allow women some breathing space when it comes to the constant pressure cooker of what to wear and how to look. For some, keeping the camera off during Zoom meetings was at least an option. Additionally, filters on Zoom, only showing part of oneself, e.g. only your head on a screen as a potential buffer, made a difference in daily work life, but now with many workers returning to offices, women may find that the pressure is back on. While the general vibe at many companies seems to be a relaxed and casual look, and while companies may even be officially incorporating that into their dress codes, the outcomes for women remain to be seen. Formal policies are one thing, pervasive implicit biases are another. Will women find that they are being treated differently for dressing down despite meeting company guidelines? Or will they find themselves in another no-win situation where they're told to dress down but at the same time are seen as less professional or competent if they do so? Or will they find some new freedoms whether they're behind screens or not? Only time and experience will tell, but in the meantime, leaders of organizations should first show their people that they are valued for their work contributions, and then should lead by visible examples to illustrate their expectations from everything from working from home to dress codes. And, like the male co-host of Australia's Today Show, leaders need to call out any double standards and implicit biases that they see, since they are in positions where their voices would be heard the loudest, and where the tone for the organizational culture is set. Women still have more societal pressure than men to look physically attractive, but there are things that can be done to shift this focus. If working from home offers some people more freedom, then leaders should make this an opportunity as much as possible. Leaders should also seek to find other ways to help their people feel empowered and free, whether it is relaxing dress codes or providing training on implicit biases or simply asking their people what they would prefer. The Prime Minister of Finland should be able to dance during her weekend, as that has nothing to do with her work performance. Work should not be about fitting a cultural ideal, but instead should be about the quality of the work you do. Dance on, Sana. That's all today from Fast Company. Talk to you tomorrow.
Spoken Layer. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.